Hi, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Adam Feinberg, and you're joining us for Harlem Stories. Today I'm joined with with my co-host, Mark Becker. How's it going, everyone? Hey, it's so awesome. Um, today we we have an interesting uh, topic to discuss and, you know, an interesting question. Nobody would make the tie to this. Um, so we're going to ask that question. What does NASA have in common with Tom's Diner? I know. I know. Do you know? They both blast off. Um, well, maybe in some way, shape, or form, but probably not. I'm reaching. All right, let's get yeah. to it. Yeah. So um, ultimately, you know, if everyone's not sure of what I mean um, of Tom's Diner, because I'm sure there's a bunch of diners and why Tom's. And uh, so I'm specifically mentioning the same Tom's Diner that was used in the song Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega. And I think it's been remixed a couple times. I am walking to the counter. That's the, the song. There's a man there. Okay. Yeah. And Suzanne Vega. We all mocked it at the time. And then she she made a million dollars. So. Yeah, now it's been remixed and sampled, and uh, and she's made even more, I'm sure. Yep. Um, but yeah, she sang her song there, but also it was used as the real diner that was used as the mock diner on Seinfeld. <laughs> so they actually have like cartoon characters of uh, of the Seinfeld characters uh, on their like outdoor seating uh, dividers between the sidewalk and and the restaurant seat. Um, so, yeah, th this is the Times Tom's Diner that I'm talking about, and that's the reason why I'm mentioning it. They are located in Morningside Heights on 112th Street. No, they are not paying us to market for them. Um, but, you know, it, it was more the question of, you know, why NASA? Why, you know, all of a sudden that seems random, doesn't it? You know, well, today we're going to talk about Armstrong Hall. Um, Armstrong Hall is the corner of 545 West 112th Street at Broadway. Um, and, you know, you're probably wondering why I'm talking about this is because Armstrong Hall is uh, it's owned by Columbia these days. And, you know, it's the location where Tom's Diner is and Columbia in their joint relationship with NASA. They have they have their space upstairs. Wow. So, you know, people would never guess that. But, you know, that's where the the connection comes from. Scratch the surface. Yeah. So, you know, um, the building was designed by pre-war architects and we talk about them all the time. Neville and Boggy. Uh, it was intended to be a residential building, which obviously is not exactly the case today. Um, as documented uh, in the supplement to apartment houses in the metropolis, anybody that's ever seen these books. These are awesome. Uh, they were they were you know published around the turn of the century. They're out of print today. You can barely find them uh, even as reprints today. But they are amazing. You know they they give you you know not only the original floor plans but some of the uh, the uh, like the marketing text you know from when the building opened. Um, and, and they'll they'll uh, they'll give you so much information. Sometimes including the original rents for the year. Wow. So um, so in in the supplement to apartment houses in Metropolis, the building was originally named the Phaeton, uh, 537 to 545 West 112th Street. It was constructed in 1900. Um, the book actually describes the location as the situation is all that can be desired. Riverside Drive, Riverside, I'm sorry, Riverside Park and Drive and the magnificent Hudson River are one block to the west. Morningside Park and Cathedral Heights a block to the east. And Central Park within 10 minutes stroll 
control. Um, they also described the building as there are 24 apartments in the house, one five-room, one six-room, and two seven-room apartments on each floor. It is beyond doubt one of the prettiest apartment houses in the city, and its general style of architecture is unique and radically different from from other apartments. The apartment, the upper stories are decorated in mosaic tiling, and the two towers give it a peculiar charm. The Fitna has been constructed at the highest standard. It continues. It contains every modern improvement, and the management will be maintained on lines similar to that of the Chatsworth and Hendrick Hudson, with the same high-class service. And you know, for those that are not familiar, those those two buildings still exist, and they are uh, just a couple blocks around the corner. Uh, Hendrick Hudson, most famously, uh, is Riverside Drive and 110th, and it kind of takes up the vast majority, if not the entirety, of that block. Um, and and it, you know, the the book further adds that the rents are from 1,200 to 1,500. And, and they don't describe this part, but I'm going to add this aspect, 1200 to 1500 per year. Uh, obviously, things have changed quite a bit. Oh, over. yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you could find twelve to 1500 a month today, that's more like a roommate share than, than uh, a full apartment. And that's for the, you know, on a monthly basis, not an annual. Um, so these books were written more than 100 years ago. So, uh, but it's important to note that the, the, the rents quoted were annual amounts. Um, you can find some of the volumes or portions of a volume digitized via the New York Public Library, Google and Columbia. I've downloaded a couple of them. Uh, if anybody is interested, I can point you to the link or you know, see if I can send you uh, a link via Dropbox, and it's really awesome. Sounds cool. Uh, yeah, really great tool for uh, for real estate agents, too, or, or those that are interested in, in New York City history. Um, at some point, the building, it was renamed the Austin Apartments and then the Oxford Residence Hotel. Uh, today, 545 112th Street is largely occupied by the Goddard Institute for Space Studies. It's more commonly referred to as NASA GISS. Uh, it's a laboratory in the Earth Science Division of NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center affiliated with the Columbia University Earth Institute. The program was named after Robert H. Goddard, an American engineer, professor, physicist, and inventor credited for creating and building the world's first liquid-fueled rocket. Goddard has been called the man who ushered uh, who ushered us into the space age. Uh, Columbia describes the goals of the program as a key objective of research at NASA GISS is prediction of atmospheric and climate changes in the 21st century. Further, we're working to understand the societal impacts of these changes. Our research combines an analysis of comprehensive global data sets with global model of atmospheric, land service, and oceanic processes. Study of past climate change on Earth and other planetary atmospheres serve as a useful tool in assessing our general understanding of the atmosphere and its evolution. Wow. So, you know, uh, and anytime you see something in the press about, you know, Columbia University Earth Institute, you know, it's, re it's regarding this program. 
Um, and these days, I, we've been seeing that in the press more and more. So, and I kind of expect that will be more likely. Mm. Um, GISS works co- uh, cooperatively with area universities and research organizations, most notably Columbia University. Uh, many of the personnel are members of Columbia's Earth Institute, the Center for Climate Systems Research, CCSR, um, Department of Earth and Environmental Sciences, or uh, Department of Applied Physics and Applied Mathematics. They also collaborate with researchers and educators on Columbia's Lamont Doherty Earth Observatory and City College of New York, uh, the American Museum of Natural History, Stony Brook University, and many other places. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, from our uh, uh, Ground level uh, aspect, the first floor retail space, you know, as we mentioned earlier, it's occupied by Tom's Diner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was immortalized in Seinfeld as Monk's Cafe, a.k.a. the Seinfeld Diner. Um, and the diner was also famous for inspiration and title of the hit song. Uh, and we mentioned this earlier, Suzanne Vega. Uh, she was a fe- fre- frequent patron of Tom's in the 80s as, as a student. Damn at it, Barnard. Adam, I'm going to have that song in my head for the rest <laughs> of the day. What are you doing to me? <laughs> well, well, she had the other hit song, too, Luca. So My name is Luca. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, now, now maybe I live on the second floor. <laughs> okay, all right. So I'll uh, yeah, so she had a good time there. Um, um, so while the connection seems far fenced, it all makes a lot more sense. Uh, the New York City landscape is vertical, and you know we we thought of it that way as you know common theme. I mean, how many times in in New York City do we go around uh, and we see all sorts of strange combinations? Sure. I, I think near um, uh, the Intrepid and Forty Second, there's that car wash, uh, car wash slash uh, donut bakery that is well known for their all donuts. Right. Well, you know, one thing that we we should do an episode on eventually is whenever I sit having my morning coffee on my terrace, I live on 56th and Broadway, my terrace faces south. If you look uh, next to that McDonald's, there's a a faint sign that says Eichelberg Funeral Directors. And there are still a number of buildings in the city. You're you're probably aware of this, Adam, as 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 as, since you nerd out on this stuff. Oh, absolutely. That that there's stuff even going back to the to the late 1800s where there's still signage that's just never been um, covered over from retailers from in some cases over 100 years ago. And sometimes what they do is they put a sign on top of an older sign. Yeah. You know, the, so yeah, and 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 every once in a while you'll see like a renovation going on and they uncover the original sign and that's like funny. that is so awesome when when you see that. Um yeah, there there's actually um I don't know if there's anybody documenting the old signs, but I know there definitely do, there's a book that documents uh original storefronts. Mm-hmm. I think there's actually a, a, a sequel to that book too. Yeah. Um, I think there's an Instagram guy also who he disappearing go, he goes New York the city and he takes pictures of the stuff like that. Like disappearing New York and yeah. yeah and lost New York. I think there's a couple sites like that. Yeah. Sure. Um yeah absolutely and in, in upper Manhattan like uh M and G Diner uh which you know uh you know they they left they vacated that space. I think they still do occupy a space, but somebody bought their original sign mm. and put it up in uh, uh, an athletic uh, store shop on 125th, and you know 
kept it local to the neighborhood. So yeah, there there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can discuss. Sure, cool. certainly in in additional episodes. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a common theme in New York. Is obviously, uh, you know, space is at a premium. We live in a vertical world here, so you know, it's not it's not a, at all unusual to you know to have you know multiple types of spaces in New York City. I mean, Riverbank is a good example where it's a water treatment plant below and a park above. You know, so these are some common themes that we tend to come across. But you know, that I think uh, makes our connection there between uh, Tom's Diner and NASA. So not something most people would make that natural connection with. But tomorrow we're going to talk about the connection between cacio e pepe pasta <laughs> and Grenada. <laughs> Okay, well, I'll look forward Just to kidding. that. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Harlem Stories, and we hope to bring you some great content. And keep listening. Thanks. Thanks, everyone.